perfect perfect hey guys so you're back on another episode thanks for coming back by the way <laughs> you're back on another episode um listening to the black creates connect podcast with myself alicia latoya and i have a beautiful guest that i've been waiting for she's so stunning guys and so lovely leonie taiwa that's it probably Oh, yeah. oh gosh! <laughs> I'm so I'm so annoyed that I'm so bad with names. I'm so sorry. I want to say that again, Leonie. Talia. Talia. Yes. Do you know what? I like the thing that we have going on where I say it and you just say the last name. Yeah. But um, Leonie is a tech talent partner and on her LinkedIn profile, exactly it says, she's on a mission to champion black excellence, excellence with recruitment and TA. Shout out you, Leonie. Yes. Uh, how are you? I'm okay. I'm a bit nervous. This is the first time I've been on a podcast. Um, so yeah. Don't be nervous. Like, don't be nervous at all. Literally, it's, it's having a conversation and it's just recorded. That's yes. it. But um, but yeah, I guess for those who don't know how I met Leonie, um, we met on the Black Recruiters Network yes, that we were yes. just talking about. How did that start? I know you spoke about it briefly, but just so everyone can understand, like, what is the Black Recruiters Network? How did it start? Like, talk to us. So, uh, well, what I would call a good friend now, Arsima, she started the Black Recruiters Network originally as the Black Women's Network for Black Women within Recruitment. Um, she reached out and she was just like, she added me to it and she reached out to the whole wide group and said, oh, hi guys, looking for people that want to get involved in like co-leading it and admin with her. Um, so I just reached out and was like, yeah, it'd be really cool to get involved. Um, and then I kind of had an idea of a podcast kind of talking about recruiters especially mm. black women within recruitment and their experiences mm. um and having that podcast i reached out to Asima just to say do you want to do it together like collab alongside the black recruiters network or mm. how do we want to do it um so yeah that's when i got involved in black recruiters network um really so oops yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine anyway. yeah so um that's kind of yeah where it started i think the reason why i thought it was such a good thing is because I know you probably feel the same as a black woman in recruitment walking mm. into the room you're usually the only one yeah or there's one other person it's like where are we we're yeah. here but where are we we're in the industry yeah. where are we so that's why I wanted to get involved talking of that like being the only person in a room as a black woman in recruitment when did you first experience that and how did you feel I think from the beginning of my recruitment kind of experience like my first recruiter role I think I walked in but I don't think I was as kind of aware of it because at that time I was really in my own little bubble mm. of you know I'm just the only little fairy in my bubble not mm. really noticing what's around me mm. and it wasn't until I probably got started working for an agency going on like client meetings mm. and literally you're doing events and all it is is just white men are along the boardroom um, and there was like an experience mm. that really stands out to me I went um, to an event it was something to do with tech and IT. It was someone on the team that was running the events I went to support. And it was like, there was literally not another person of colour. I'm not like, not even any diversity. What does it, like, how, how did that make you feel? Like, just weird. Like, I don't, it was just like a very weird thing. Cause it was like, I never really spoke about it or spoke up about it. And then it, mm. it just made me feel weird. And then what was even more strange Sorry, let me just turn my phone off. <laughs> it's all right. Um, she got hotline. The hotline yeah. I can't. <laughs> so, yeah. So. Um, the the moment that stood out to me was 
I went up to the guy that was running the event and mm. he was having a conversation with somebody else that was attending. Mm. And the guy turned around and was like, oh, you know, you made a comment in the talk about there being being good about diversity within the job roles. And mm. he was like, it's a shame there's not diversity in regards to ethnicity and um, gender. So this mm. is a, some random guy that's obviously head of IT in some business. Mm. I was like, okay, cool point. Wanted to see what the other guy's response was. And he was like, oh yeah, there was a black lady that was meant to come, but she couldn't turn up. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yes. Bearing in mind, this black lady... She is a business owner that this guy was going to go and try and get business from. And this is yeah. how he's referring to. And I was like, wow. from then, and I obviously mentioned it to my manager, like, because he was like asking about how did you find the event? And I was like, yeah, it was good, but it just made me feel very like, uncomfortable. Like, yeah. even that's like, okay, you're saying that about someone else. How do you, how do you look at me? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's when I really started to be aware of it. And just, yeah, it's just weird. Like, there are so many black recruiters mm. but where are we yeah where are we like yeah. you don't really see us running the business you don't really see us on the board you don't really see us as directors i've never had um a black like leader actually to be fair i'll scratch that because where i am now currently my manager's black which is great mm. um but other than that i've never really had that no why do you think that is why do you think that there's less of us at the top because what i what i do notice not even just with recruitment roles actually generally there's a lack of senior, like, black leadership. There's just a lack of it in all industries. So why do you think that problem exists, especially from a recruitment perspective as well? I think, talking from a recruitment perspective, I just think it's... Sorry. Um, <laughs> I think when I'm looking at recruitment in general, or like, looking at it from, like, a wider perspective, like, looking at agency, I feel like when you get recruitment agencies, you get black people to a certain top so it could be like they might not even be running a team they might just be like a senior and then they move internal mm. and then they may even move away from the recruitment mm. kind of like sector of the business and they'll mm. move into something else mm. um and i just don't know, really know why because i i don't know what is mm. the what is the reason but the thing is i I, f I have a theory that i feel like it's because it gets harder as you get more senior because there's yeah. more conversations you need to have and there's much more barriers you need to break down as you get closer to the top. I'm noticing that. Yeah. And it's 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 very difficult and it's it's gonna take a lot of strong and um I guess persistent black leaders to push through that and then bring, bring others up. in. Like I think I think that rolls on to the conversation we were having earlier about the difference between that we see between kind of black people in America and black people mm, in the UK. Mm. I feel like black people in America are more like to bring other black Hundred. people along. Whereas yeah. here, it's very disjointed. It's Hundred. very, very, very yeah. disjointed. Black people get to a certain point and then they're kind of like a part of the boys club exactly. and then don't really bring anyone. I think it's changing because yeah. I think our generation is really changing that and breaking those barriers. Mm. But it's like I was speaking to one of my friends a few weeks ago. I hadn't seen her for years, but we met up for um, lunch and she's recently been doing like a, a management role within a big business mm. head of like head of recruitment running a team yeah. and she's recently resigned because she just said the pressure that she had as a black woman they were putting so much pressure on her to like run dni she was like i'm not trying to run dni but just because she was a black woman mm. they were putting that pressure on her and she was just like i couldn't she's resigned she's like i can't, can't really deal with it. Yeah. so that's why she resigned yeah she couldn't deal with it really so the thing is i feel like i completely understand that as well because Businesses do often assume that 
because we're a black woman, we understand all areas of DNI. Forgetting that DNI includes LGBTQ, yep. it includes disabilities, neurodiversity, it includes like you know obviously sexuality, nationality. It includes so many things. It's not just black. I have had the same experience, but I think this is all down to personality and preferences. And I thought, oh, okay, there's an opportunity here. Yeah. Let me run with this and let me bring in more of my people and more yeah. of my suppliers and and let me run the show. And I've actually managed to get a lot of like suppliers and partners that are from, you know, black backgrounds, some business and I'm loving it. So, I, but, but again, it's not everybody's um, responsibility that's black no this, it's not. this was her thing it was like she the problem with her was that she never expressed any interest to even right. do that okay. but they're automatically pushing that on her and yeah. she was like she got to the point where she actually said to me it's exhausting yeah. to explain and she was like especially within the type of business that it was we can discuss it after off, off yeah, mic because yeah. I don't want to air her business mm. but especially the business that it was she was like the processes and the hierarchy the bureaucracy in it she's what she's not going to be able to change that because it's such an old business she's not going to be able to change it so they're trying to use her to kind of make it look like there is change the thing is companies do it all the time i actually saw funny enough i saw um this uh tiktok i love a tiktok (laughs) i saw this tiktok with um this person doing like a a acting scene of hr talking to the business saying we we care about you guys as well-being and those putting out suggestions i don't know if you've seen it those like are you gonna give us more holidays are you gonna hire more people are you gonna do all these things i'm like i think i know yeah we're gonna give you a webinar (laughs) and and then i was like okay (laughs) this is exactly what businesses do especially with dni as well they say you know we're not gonna they they don't actually do the things required in the business to structurally change what's going to be effective they they just want to give us a workshop and don't get me wrong workshops and training sessions they have their value but if companies are not actually changing their structure because i've been there and i've seen it and i've actually taken on the challenge and been like no this is deeper than what people can even see especially especially within the hiring process there's so much bias like it's natural like a psychology thing that you're going to look at someone and you're going to rate them more if they look like you yeah. or if they sound like you if they've been to the same school as you yeah. if they've had the same life experience as you you're going to value them higher than yeah, somebody hundreds. who hasn't yeah. um, but it's like I've had experience as well in businesses when you're listening to conversations about diversity and inclusion usually the only diverse person on that or kind of when it comes to to colour or background you're the only diverse person there might be a few women involved but that's about it Mm. and it's always as long as there's women Mm. we're being diverse like Mm. when it's like hitting diversity um, like targets oh we'll get more women in the interview that's it and it's like but diversity is so much bigger More, than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so much it bigger is. than that. But everyone just thinks, oh, women, diverse. Women, diverse. And the thing is, I feel like companies are missing the mark because it's not just about bringing in more women or more people of colour. It's actually making sure they're valuable in the business mm-hmm. and they feel valued and they yeah. feel like um, they're, they're able to contribute and be themselves in the workplace. Yeah, 100%. Because diversity, bringing in people mm. from kind of either a BAME or diverse background is great but are you including them to stay exactly exactly because I was reading something the other day and it was talking about um why do um people from BAME background leave they stay a minimum like a year in places it's because they're not like you don't really you haven't got the chance to be yourself within these environments and then what are you going to do you're going to feel uncomfortable and go well talk about some of your personal perspectives and experiences of course like you don't have to mention any companies but have you been in any situations where you've kind of felt like this is 
a kind of racial barrier or hurdle that I'm having to jump through right here? I don't think, because I'm so like, I think I'm very unaware of my own experiences. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm. Like I'm really, a lot of the time I'm really like in a bubble mm. with my, but it's like, I remember one experience stands out to me. I was a delivery consultant and mm. I was working, um, like delivering in for um, another senior consultant. And it was like, the clients asking for people with no funny names. Um, You're lying I to swear. me. I swear. You're li- like, I that was, but hold on. Question, question, question. How did they communicate that? To, did they write it down? Did they no, it was having a conversation. I was sitting next to them. I was wow. obviously delivering CVs and it was like, oh, no funny names. And it was something like, oh, they can't have an accent or covering what? up good comms, good communication skills. And I was just like, this is so problematic. And I went and reported this to someone because... It got to a point where it was just exhausting. And then I was sitting on another bank of desks one day when, it, when the rest of my team went in and another member of staff was like talking to me about this person and was saying, oh yeah, because one time someone was calling, he was on the phone and said something about how the colored boy or something like this or what? black boy or something like this talking about someone. I know it's just fuck. Sorry. <laughs> she was about to swear. She's, she's speaking. I'm to I'm to I'm I was just, this is ridiculous. So I obviously reported it to a senior member of staff and it was like I was crazy. Like when I was saying it to him, like this is what I've experienced as someone that's working with him and mm. delivering candidates to him. This is what I've experienced. And I don't think it's, it's very like nice. And it was just like, Nothing happened. What did he, he, he didn't say anything. He didn't really say anything. It was just like, oh, like kind of just like smoothing it over. Like, oh, okay, we'll speak to him. Maybe he didn't mean it like that. Just, you know, the the usual. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) It's like, no, do do you know why I'm getting annoyed? Because this happens so many times and where senior leadership will be like, okay, um, don't worry. I'm sure they didn't mean like that. Yeah. I don't give a monkey's brother yeah, about how they meant it. Because they said biller, it. Because he's a top biller. He's making the most money for the business. It's like, that's it doesn't what, really matter. Like That's wild. Honestly, and that was like one of the moments when I thought to myself, okay, maybe I need to leave here because it's just too much. And especially even speaking to my manager, this was the same place I was working where we had the event and I yeah, mentioned yeah, yeah. that it was just full of yeah, yeah. Like, white men and it made me feel a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and it just makes you feel like ins- go inside yourself and it's like you lose your confidence because it's you like- You syndrome. Literally. Yeah. And I didn't really know what that was until I started listening to like different podcasts and people yeah. speaking, pe- different people's experiences. Like, okay, that's what I felt. Yeah, exactly. Like where I felt, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know if I'm talking, is it making sense? Like questioning everything yeah. that you're thinking, everything that you're saying, yeah. just because you feel so like- Small. D- different as well you just like, feel so small like yeah. because these are like obviously people that are really like high up in their their jobs mm. and you're just here this especially being like a young black woman you're just the only one it was just very it's, very strange very very strange and the thing is i think they underestimate how hard it is to be in a in a meeting room with loads of white faces or people that don't look like you or typically speak like you understand you and you're trying to convey a message or communicate something and they're all looking at you like you know that face that that 
Just what are you saying face. kind of face yeah and it's like i know i'm making sense don't let me feel mad because you're looking at me and you're thinking you're not even listening to what i'm saying because you're looking at me and then your face is looking confused it's it's so hard to continue because i've been there i've presented just basic information sometimes it's just reporting and you're looking at me like i'm telling you about your mum. honestly <laughs> like and I'm you confused. know what i think those experiences really affect i think they even affect me to today like even like speaking about things i'm like i don't feel the confidence enough to even like communicate mm. certain things because i'm like oh, but, uh, but am i making sense like yeah like, do these people a not? lot of people feel like that it's crazy yeah. it's crazy yeah. and it's just like okay where do i go from here like what do i do from here and that was one of the reasons why i really liked connecting with our team and also yeah, yourself it's like yeah. speaking to people that have had similar yeah. experiences to make you feel like actually You're i'm not, not crazy and i'm not alone like it's not all in my head because mm. that's what sometimes people make you think. It's like, mm. it's all in your head. You're just being, you're just being dramatic. Mm. You're just overthinking things. Yeah. But it's not, it's there. I've yeah. experienced it. Like, what else can we do? Like, how can we move forward from here? Yeah. And the thing is, that's why I, f- I believe in the power of community. And like what you said, communi- communicating, because we can share our experiences. We can share, most of the time, a lot of people have gone through a lot of people of color have gone through very similar experiences at work yeah. whatever extreme it is it can't be it can be something really minor something really extreme and if we communicate more we can know how to best deal with it you know we know that we're not going crazy because when you feel like you're alone you kind of feel you, you don't feel like you have a voice as yeah. well so it's important to talk about these things and just and discuss it openly with people that can understand you and relate to you and find communities you know that can honestly that you can bounce off from and i think that's comes back from the conversation we we're having about the difference between america and uk because mm. i think in america the the community is so strong, strong over there here it's just so disjointed yeah. it is so 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 disjointed it's like yeah. okay but you're from this place and you're from that place yeah. and you're from this place oh but i want to be over here yeah. and i'm going to get here and then i'm going to f- kind of forget about that yeah. and it's it's i don't know if that makes sense but. no it does it does because like i see all the time like in like americans a uh, black americans inspire me i'm just, i'm saying this right here right now especially because i feel like they're so bold and mm-hmm. wild with it mm-hmm. and i think you get further when you're outrageous like i don't think you get too far when you're meek and you're just, you know, you're in the background all the time and you always have self-doubt because no one's really going to believe what you're saying or mm. be convicted in anything you're putting out because you don't believe in it yourself. Yeah. But Americans, black Americans could, could be putting out something so simple. But they just... But, but the way, yeah, the way they dress it up, you know, it could be that they just opened up a hairdresser. Girl, I opened a big store <laughs> so downtown, great. you know, it's on the high street next to the bank, you know, because we <laughs> bankers and we, re- like, they really big things up. And it's like, okay, I need to go to that one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love it, though. I love it. And I wish we had that. But I just think it's just, we have, like, obviously different problems. The problems mm. are here, but I just mm. think they're very different depending on where you are. Like, America, I think the problems and the way that they're yeah. they come is very different here i just feel like it's more kind of underground and polite does that make mm, sense mm, like mm. the lack of diversity and the racism it's and the systematic it's systematic but it's, yeah. it's all in a very like even like for instance yesterday there was an incident where 
I was with my niece and my nephew taking them to the park. On the way back to the park, there was this little um, little black boy and he was just like walking around the street. And we were just like, where's your mum and dad? He's obviously in these, like this white couple in their drive. It's obviously not their child. They're not doing anything. I'm thinking, wait, is it, wh- where's this child from? Mm. So obviously me and my mum are asking like, where is your mum your mm. and dad? He's like obviously babbling because he's very small, can't speak oh. properly. Anyway, his dad comes flying around. It's obviously distraught because he thought something yeah. bad had happened to his child. And then these, this white couple were like, oh, we thought they were with you. We thought he was with you. And it was like, <laughs> so you were just going to stand there and let this little kid run around on the street. We've just got here. Like we've literally just yeah. walked past. And just because we both have brown skin, yeah. he's automatically, yeah. like, do you see what I mean? It's like very like, it's like a polite yeah, yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? Even, do you know what? I remember even when my parents said that when they moved into their house, um, they, like their, their new house a couple, maybe like three years ago. And um, one of their neighbours, who happens to be white, um, came and visited them. And then they was like, looking around like, they said, what do you do then? What do you, like, like, but it wasn't in a way where you're genuinely interested in what they do. You're asking what they do so you know how they afforded this house. Yeah, Lit- yeah. Literally. Oh. And the thing is, my dad is so lovely, bless him. He, he was actually telling them and my mum was like nope I spot that I know that <laughs> and that that is an indirect and and they do they do like we, we go through this in the workplace as well even going on holiday like my dad yeah. was talking to me he obviously um went on holiday with some of his friends some of his friends are white and he was like going into the shops they mm. would talk to his white friends they wouldn't talk to him yeah. and he's like even me if like I say I'm going to a country or something he's like oh well they're racist there you need to be mm. careful and he's like because he finds it a bit like, why am I going to this country to give them my money mm. when they aren't even... Exactly. Like, acknowledging like, me yeah, as they're well. They're not even acknowledging me as a person. The thing is, on that point as well, I feel like, this is quite kind of bold to say it, but I'm going to say it. Um, I feel like a lot of workplaces have been built around white culture. Yes. Like, and we have to, and if we're not doing what they consider, you know, which is, is culture, you, know, you have to fit in the culture. You've got to do what we do. You've got to be, be a part. It's like, you've created this based on your culture and your upbringing. What about other people's? Yeah. No, honestly, and I feel like for a very, very, very long time, I fell into that. Of course we because did. Because I just felt like... Staying at the pub just, for ages yeah, with my eyes, like, yeah. tired, <laughs> like, just, drinking. You want to get into... You want to, like, be in with the team, but yeah. it's like... Deep inside, when you're going back home, you're questioning, like, is that why, is, why am I here? Like, what, what am I doing? But it's like, for so long, I did that for so, so, especially, All of going, us did. especially going into recruitment, like, oh my gosh. working in the city, and it's just like, uh, it's a boys' club. It's a boys' club. I remember um, working in sales, and it was like a boys' club. Like, I had to literally. I had to literally be a character to go in there and be like, right, I have to be the bold black woman. Yeah. And, like, and, you know, and be the, the laddie girl. The, always, yeah. You know, the one that gets me is that when you start somewhere new and like people are having a conversation, for instance, it always just happened to me about like, say for instance, about singing. Oh, I bet you can sing. Yeah. Oh, at the time. <laughs> oh, I bet you can dance. Oh, I bet you can cook. Yeah. Oh, I love some jello Talking fries. About, yeah. like, and I'm like, I'm Jamaican, bruv. <laughs> Talking about some sort of hip hop music. Oh, I bet you like this song. I bet you know who uh, it is. No, it's Skepta. I'm so Skepta. I love you, but I'm tired of hearing your name in the workplace. Okay, from I'm oh, sorry for people that want to relate with me because they they say, oh yeah, I love Skepta. Is it? Yeah. Well, I like Beanie Man. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> you had a Beanie Man. <laughs> no. It's like I like Abba. What? 
Love and love some Celine Dion. I do. Um, Switch it up. (laughs) But um, honestly, the things they try to relate on, I'll never forget actually. This is a story that I tell my friends and they cannot, they're mortified when if I tell them about this. There was one time. Back in the day, one of my workplaces, mum used to always make me cool more porridge. Yeah. Do you know what cool porridge yes. is, right? Cool. So for those who don't know what cool more porridge, it is porridge made out of cool more and it tastes <laughs> banging. Okay. Anyway, it looks, Google it because it looks a bit yellow, but I remember she used to always make it for me and put it in a plastic container and I used to bring it to work and I used to eat it at my desk and it was fantastic. One day I was eating it and I left my spoon in there. I thought, I need to go to the toilet, you know, halfway through eating my cool more porridge. And I go to the toilet. I come back to my white colleague eating my porridge with my spoon. What? And I said to her, I said, what are you doing? <laughs> so we did. Oh, I was so curious to know what it was, so I tasted it. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I said, no, you've just literally bullied me in the workplace. <laughs> I said, That's you- a complete violation. <laughs> you just come and ate someone's food. You didn't even ask, can I taste a little bit of my own spoon? You came, I just sat and started eating their food. From my spoon. And I said, you can have it, you know, babe. And I was vexed. I was so vexed. I was so vexed. That's my, my breakfast, you know. And I was thinking, I'm bad. Do you see me wanting to try some of your boiled eggs, bruv? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not trying but to try your food. food. Even if you had a packet of sweets open, yeah, regardless, <laughs> someone can't just come and go. Oh, thanks. anything. Do you know what I mean? And I was thinking to myself, like, is this? Is this? Not, I don't know. Like. And I couldn't really be mad at the time. I was like, oh, <laughs> taste it, babe. Eat it. It's yours. <laughs> it it's yours. Nice? But in, do you know what I mean? Bring some tomorrow. In my head, I was fuming. In my head, I was thinking, this nice. girl wants to get it from me. But I had to take that, you know? But why do we? <laughs> why, do, why is it okay that someone came and ate your food without asking you while she went to the toilet? And I kept why is that and okay? I caught them as well. Imagine I didn't catch her and I could see you eat my porridge with your germs in my spoon. Anyway, but um, okay, so I want to I wanna dip, deep dive into a bit more of your story and your background some mm-hmm. more, right? Whereabouts did you grow up? I grew up originally in northwest London okay. and then I moved, my parents moved out to near Cambridge. Then I moved back okay. to London when I was 17. Okay. So I've been kind of here, there. What was your upbringing like? like? It was nice. My mum and dad, both of them worked. So a lot of the time it was either with my cousins, with my nan, like my mum's mum, with my grandma. Like it was very much like my mum and dad were not like around fully because they were both mm, working, mm. which appreciated because we had everything. Anything that we could have wanted, we had. They made sure because growing mm. up, my mum and dad, they didn't have a lot. So they wanted mm. to make sure their children had everything they wanted in order to do that, they had to to work hard. Mm. Um, So yeah, it was, I think it was very hard for me as well, moving from London to like Cambridge. Yeah, what was that It was hard. I was called all things. I was called a packy. Someone called me a nigger. And I went and like tried to- Growing up in school. Growing up in school, the story is mad. There was one girl and she was having a disagreement with like obviously in a big group on the field. And um, she turns around and calls me like a nigger. So obviously I bolt at her, go to like, obviously beat the shit out of her because I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? Anyways, we both get called in to the office. They call my parents and they turn wow. around to my parents and say, oh, she didn't tell the girl to F off. She wouldn't have called her a nigger. And my mum was like, what? what? So you're justifying, justifying racial language racial. in the school. Yeah. 
there was another boy he did it to me I reported it nothing happened like just it was yeah it was it was mad <laughs> even to the point that, like I laugh at it now but like going to the like when prom came it was like there was one other black guy in um, my year and we were like oh yeah we're gonna go to prom together just because mm. <laughs> just because, because we're black <laughs> and it's only me and you just because um but yeah it was mad it was like that was i was a very angry teenager because of it i had so like i remember even looking around the houses when we was looking to move and i remember just having my headphones in this to my mp3 player i remember i was just listening to dizzy roscoe over and over and over again (laughs) (laughs) i remember the one that used to hype me up the most was jezebel because of the how did that song go again um jezebel you might that song <laughs> it was the the um the backing song it was just very like hyped me up because i was so angry like i would didn't want to speak to my parents i was so angry i remember there was um one time i think it was like year nine or year ten and mm. i went and i just got me and this girl we used to have vodka into school and just got really drunk and i remember I in thought, school yeah because i was no, just, you saw a rich bitch vodka you know vodka's not cheap <laughs> <laughs> <Blends>. <laughs> But in school, that's like my lunch money for the week. God, I don't know. You stole it. Basically, what happened was you only alcohol covered right. at home. Okay, okay, and I poured it in the Evian bottle. Uh, <laughs> obviously, it looked like I was having water. Um, but yeah, and then oh, I remember no. and that's, then cr- that's crazy. It was know. crazy. And then, <laughs> He makes me laugh. I hope my dad don't hate me for telling people this. But I remember my dad came to school, obviously livid. Yeah. Livid. He was fuming. And I was obviously drunk, like being sick. And I was like, oh no, I'm just sick. I'm just sick. Okay, fine. I'm going to take you to the doctors, get you a blood test. Uh uh-uh. uh. Not blood test. I'm drunk, dad. Because <laughs> obviously I want to yeah. admit that I've been drinking. <laughs> Tell me the blood test. I'm screaming in the, in the doctor. He's going to send me back to Ghana. <laughs> 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 you were super shaking. He was like, it's all over that now. Was, that was the thing. Like, it was naughty. Mm. It's like, no, you're going to go back with your aunties. You're gonna, oh, gonna, yeah, gonna I got go that. There. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and then afterwards, obviously, my dad sat me down and, and spoke to me. And he was like, he, he explained the reason was is because you're going to have a hard time anyway because you're different. Mm. So, you're making them think that you're a problem already. So, yeah. you're tarnishing yourself. Yeah. Plus, plus 10. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it was yeah. right because when yeah. it came to, like, doing... Um, a levels and stuff they just were not interested i wanted to do psychology they were trying to make excuses saying that i shouldn't do psychology i didn't do a levels i left and went straight to work are you serious yes so you didn't do a levels no so was this from the school you went to in cambridge yeah and then i went to work like i did college for a year but it was just like a a mess around so when okay so when you try to do psychology was it your teachers that were saying no basically the way that it worked in that school is you would have meeting with i think it was like the deputy head at the time i really do block off a lot of things but it was a deputy head at time and you had to go and you had to discuss like write down the, the subjects that you wanted to do right i wanted to do psychology they started making up excuses about how the teacher we don't think you're going to enjoy it blah 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 really yeah and it was what i wanted to do like it was re- i really really That's really wanted mad. to yeah and then so I was just like, at that time, I was just like, oh, okay, I don't really care anyway. I want to go back. I was with my first boyfriend. I was like, he's in London. Let me. <laughs> <laughs> let me just, like, I got a man, so <laughs> keep your psychology. Out. Yeah. Um, and then I did college for a year. I was doing like events, like hospitality events. Okay. That was fun. It was fun. Um, and then I moved back to London. I got a job doing sales which I was terrible at, but it was good. What, what type of sales is it? It was for Sky. Like, you know, when you see the... Um, the uh, things where your people approach like, do you want to buy Sky? <laughs> was you? It was in person, so yeah, I was doing it on in, the street in the shopping centers. 
Oh no. <laughs> we, <laughs> how long did you do that for? I did. I think I did it for like. It wasn't very long because I wasn't hitting targets because I did not. I didn't. Is it? Yeah. How did you get into that? <clears throat> how did I get into it? I don't even know. I was just looking for a job that I could do. All I had was retail and restaurant experience. So I was like, okay, what can I do with the skills that I've got? At the time, I was very confident. I was could chat to anyone. Mm. Like I could talk and talk and talk. So I was like, okay, just going to sales makes you money. I could pay rent. Mm. Like and that was that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that, I was like, no, I'm I'm not really good at this job and I'm not really enjoying it. I felt like, yeah. especially in the areas that I was job. in, I was in Stratford. And yeah. it was just really sad to me. And it's mad that I f- thought about this as a, as a teenager, but it was more like, I'm saying skies to people that can't really afford it. Like, yeah. what is morally, is that yeah, okay? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm trying to get people to buy things that they can't yeah, afford. Yeah. Um, that's a hard job though, you know? It like, was stopping. Hard. That's why I said, oh no, for anyone, by the way, that that's doing that job and is smashing it, I give you There were so the many of the guys that were doing it were, sm- when I say they were smashing it's it. It's a hard job. It was hard. Because people are not going to Stratford Westfields to be stopped in their tracks about Sky. No. If if they want Sky, most, like, especially from our culture, I feel like if I want something, I will go on Google, I'm looking for different deals and I'll find what I want. Yeah. Or or you just, at the time, it was a lot of people paying for the people to come fit the satellite so they could get all of the things for for free, do you know what I mean? No, exactly. Paying £150 and you get all the the channels. Exactly. Um, But yeah, it was hard. So then I moved into Barclays. I was working, doing banking there. Mm. Um, How was that? It was, yeah, it was good. It was fun. I feel like I made a lot of good relations. I feel like I found my, kind of like grew up there, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like it was very much, and I remember there was one lady that was my manager, Daphne. Shout out to Daphne, cause she was amazing. Like she was Aww. literally my mum at work. And she used to like, we used to go and like close the uh, safe together. And she just always used to remind me like, you know, you have to work. 10 times harder than everyone else. Like She, she told you that? Yeah, she would always just tell me, I was like, yeah, my dad tells me the same thing. Because my, my dad growing up used to tell us that, but yeah. you know when you don't really understand? We all get told that, you know. You, do, you don't really understand. And I think it's only once I got to like my mid-twenties and I was like, oh, actually, I see what you mean. I've got a question. Are you going to pass that narrative onto your kids? Yes. Why? Because I feel like you have to. You mm. have to. Because I think... You have to, because no matter, even if your kids don't listen, like me, they're going to get to a point in their lives mm. when you're going to feel like, okay, this is what my mum tried to warn me about. What is the this? Like, explain Just that. like, you always have to do more. If you, you just always have to do more. There's always going to be that, like, for instance, be prepared to be walking into a room and being the only person that looks like you and being have to, have, have to speak louder and more elevated for people to hear you. Like, you have to. Don't you think, though, by the time you have kids, a lot of that would have changed no. and developed? You no. don't think so? No. Why don't you think so? Because I feel like... Look at London, for example, right? Mm. How long has London been as diverse as it is right now? A very long time. Mm-hmm. A very, very long time. We're still here fighting the same battles that we were 50 years ago. I hear you. The only thing is that I'm thinking is that a lot of our parents are first generation. Mm-hmm. So... I think we're doing a lot of groundwork. We and are? Yeah, we are. But I feel like that top is still going to be the same. 
I, I, I maybe you. that's negative. Like maybe I'm looking at it from a really negative. I feel like we'll have more of a community, 100, percent just mm. because like for our generation, the world, even us two sitting here today yeah, yeah, yeah. and talking about our experiences, it's magical. Other, yeah, for other people to hear, <laughs> yeah, like your network, the Black Recruiters Network. Mm. Loads of other people are setting up things. You're trying yeah. to really celebrate that like, excellence that exists within yeah. the world in every every kind of aspect. Yeah, so I feel like we're doing that, but I feel like that top is always going to be the top. Like, do you think mm. we'll ever have? A black prime minister. Okay, I was actually talking about this um, literally yesterday. And I was saying that when I've finished doing all of this, I've not finished, but when I get to a certain point, I want to get into politics. Because I feel like the only way to make a real difference in life now, it's not getting, not yeah. just companies, but life is to get into politics. So 45 plus, catch me in, you know, party. And you never know. But I think that the UK, yes, can have a black prime minister, not in our lifetime. Yeah. We won't see it. It might happen in a hundred years time, but like, say, because the thing is, when when I do the maths, like with America, I'm with the UK. Americans have had. Can you hear me clearly? By the mm-hmm. way, am I cutting yes. out? No, I can hear. You. Okay, perfect. Americans have had um, black people there for longer, so they've had a bit more time to establish themselves. So they've had a bit more time to kind of climb that corporate ladder and the political ladder and the creative and whatever it is. We're still doing that right now. Mm -hmm. So I feel like in like a hundred plus years to come, sadly, we won't see it potentially. Or or we might, you know, you know, whatever it is. But I think that it can happen, but just not right now. We just need to be in more places of influences. um, And That's the problem, but how do we get there? we We have to have people, I think, that are breaking down barriers because I think with politics if there's like a boys club and there's a certain type of person it's, it's very clubby and cliquey right you have to break in those cliques and it's going to take a special person to do that because I think the people of colour that are doing it right now they're not representing I don't no, think they're representing no. pro- properly you're, you're just you might as well just be the same as just them just a puppet exactly just a puppet to get the, the black people to vote for them for, to vote for their party that's how I see it anyway. only, I don't know we need you in politics too come on <laughs> we need listen black black people we need some more black people to come into politics because the more of us that come together who knows we might have our own party but you know what's quite nice do you watch question time like I don't know if Sometimes. it's going off thingy. but you know what I love the fact there's more people of colour on there yes I love it I love that especially young people as yeah, well and I'm yeah, like yeah. I love that like at least that is like the little thing yeah, but it's yeah. still yeah, I don't know. I just feel like the way that England is in the institution that yeah. it's built on, I feel like it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we still it's, have... It's different to America. We like still have the, the Queen. The institution that's built on is different. Like it's, yeah. it's... I've I actually think, and I might get a lot of hate or whatever for this, but I still think that it's mad that we have a monarchy. Yeah, me too. Oh, you think it too? Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, especially because part of my taxes pay for it. I think it's mad. And I think... <laughs> That we're all getting taken for idiots. <laughs> what are you doing for me? Like, it's just. What are you apart from your face being on my note? It's I pay for money. It's just mad. Like society is never really going to be equal with the monarchy. It's, it's no. not like it. Like I understand politics. Someone needs to be in charge, and someone needs to be setting certain rules and whatever. That makes sense. You're doing a job. You're making decisions for the country. Aside from that, I just think it's just mad that we still have it. 
and, I was saying this yeah. to someone because I, I think it's also for my thing if they were like some self-funded thing okay but it's the fact we're paying for that you. I am paying yeah. for it yeah. and that's what irritates me with politicians is I don't care what you say I'm paying, paying for, for you, you. Yeah. if someone was paying me to do a job that I'm not doing yeah. I would get fired yeah exactly and and they don't and the thing is and then they still go and get other jobs on the side yeah, to pay them more of course like I don't really understand and, and a lot of them and the thing is with politics which people probably know this actually but they give contracts based on needs to their their friends so say for example even like with covid i'm sure enough of their friends um created companies for the purpose of covid and they they got they made money from it and they probably got kicked back like there's loads of things and who's gonna arrest them they they make the rules (laughs) who do you know what i mean it's mad it's mad and this is the thing it's like this is going completely no (laughs) no but it's but i I like it um it's like because it's even like with that whole like party gate stuff right Mm. In the big grand scheme of things, obviously it's not that much of a big deal, but it is because at the end of the day, you were here telling people, stay in the house, mm. stay in the house, but you're here on party. Do you know what? I wasn't surprised. It, to be fair, I'm not surprised either, but mm. it's more of the fact that it became so public and then all you did was say sorry. I, I almost don't think that... Um, I think Boris Johnson has taken the whole of UK for idiot. <laughs> They ha- he has. My friend sent me a picture the other day. It just looked a, a typical Boris. And she was like, is it mad that this person is the one running our country? No, no, he's, he's taking us for idiot. <laughs> and the thing is, I'm not going to lie. Seeing him, seeing Trump, seeing all these mad people run countries, I say, I can do anything mm-hmm. I want. If let, let me tell you something. You don't let anybody stop you from doing anything because there's actual, I'm so sorry, buffoons running the countries. Like my friend, I was having a conversation with my friend the other day, and she was basically saying, "Do you think the reason why Trump got voted in is because all of these crazy white people were like, you think that we're gonna have a black president? Well, look at this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's how he got there. That's literally because they were so pissed that there was a black president. Because he 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 made no sense at all. Like he didn't make it. Just the fact that he was so racist, he was so sexist. He he just crossed all barriers and he ran the country. Makes me feel like wow. And he was outwardly so. So it wasn't like he was like undercover racist mm. or sexist. Mm. He was outwardly and he didn't care. Like that's just me. You know what I mean? What do you think we need to do as a race to truly, truly come on top to the point where we don't even have to tell our kids you need to work 10 times as hard? Like, what do you think, what infrastructure do you think needs to be in place? I don't even know if it's an infrastructure. I think the community is a big thing. The community is, we need to have a strong community. We do not at the moment. And it's very, very sad. It's very, very sad. Mm. We don't have, a strong community mm. is so disjointed mm. yeah it's starting to become a bit more of a community but mm. we're still not there to the point where you can look and you can help other people up and i mm. feel like it's like you said i think a lot of people they get to that top point and then they kind of forget about everyone 100. else yeah and do. it's like we need to get some people in that top position where they're ready to kind of like pull the people up with them and i yeah. think then we might i don't know but also also i feel like I, I, I agree with you. I do think it's hard for people of colour, especially black people that are at the top because they're getting pressure. Mm. Like they're, they're getting it. Because I've, I've directly had conversations with people that have been at sea level that are the only one of colour and they have had their own personal experiences. Yeah. That, that I can't even imagine at that level. It's I hard for even. them. And they get imposter syndrome as well and they get anxiety too. And we forget about that. So I think... It's, I understand that they need to pull us up as well, but we also, I encourage every 
black person to be bold, reach out and also check in with them. Yeah. Ask them how they're doing as a leader, how, how it's been for them as well. And how, you know, don't always just ask for something, just check in with them, check in on their journey. Because I feel like that will then encourage them to remember, do you know what? You know, I'm cared about by these people. Yeah. Because sometimes I feel like I, I'm, I'm not cared. I've felt I, like that before. I'm, I'm not cared for. I'm for, not I'm, cared. Yeah. yeah, I'm not cared about. I just feel like very overlooked. Very mm. like there's a lot. Even like like things like I'm making like certain decisions in my life right now. For instance, I was looking for a therapist. I was looking for a confidence coach. Mm. Yeah, and I was specifically looking for a black woman. Mm. Even that was so hard. When I tell you, I went on this website called Life Directory or something, Life Coach Directory. I had to scroll for about eight pages before I came across one black woman. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the internet. Even that, like, mm. I'm just like, even that is just mad. That's like, crazy. You're trying to look to help yourself and better your life and better your your mentality and better your well being. And you can't even we that is jump, exhausting yeah, to even find that exactly. Exhausting. We have to jump through way more hurdles in life for basic things. We do. Mm, it's mad. It's mad. We're, we're, we're having a moment and we're just, just reflecting like sure like we're, like, for, for those listening we're just looking at each other like yeah it's mad <laughs> and like when we deep the, the, what we have to go through as black especially as black women as well yeah. like black men have it but black women unfortunately we are like the the bottom of the chain when that's, what, that's what irritates me when you're talking to businesses and they talk mm. think, talk about diversity and they just say women it's just white women I forget about intersectionality yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just white women that's it yeah and that's them ticking their diverse box. Oh, maybe they're Latino. Definitely. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's it's it. true. It's mad. <laughs> but anyway, so so kind of, so going back to your journey, sorry, I cut you. We kind of derailed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so Barclays and Daphne. So Daphne kind of reminded you you got I work 10 I love times. Daphne. I always love Daphne. Aww. And I remember I was doing a different job once and I saw her on the bus. I was like, oh, Daphne. I always love Daphne because she was like a mum to me at work. But anyway, I'm, I left that job just because, like, looking back at it now, it was, I think it could have, like, like, it could have been some sort of discrimination. It probably was, to be fair, um, because speaking to people afterwards, they mm. were basically saying, there was um, one girl that I was really close with, and she was basically saying that the manager that came, he moved all of, like, the ethnic people from that branch, he moved them to another one, and it was all, like, white people on the branch, even customers, were coming in. It's this Abercrombie and Fitch, bruv. Like, why are they moving people and... Even customers were coming it... in. We were in, like, I don't want to say the area because it will just tell mm, you which mm, branch, but even customers you. were coming in. It's like a very diverse area. Customers were coming in and saying, well, why is, why is the till looking all so white? That's crazy. <laughs> but anyways, this, the way that career came to an end is I was having some health issues and... So I obviously I was taking time off mm. and I remember the first day I came back, it was after a few mm. weeks off. Mm. Um, I came back and I think it was like the day before or a few days before it was like, um, like the annual party. Like you'd yeah. have like a party, like a, what was this? Um, like a ceremony to give out the awards, like a award ceremony basically mm. in January. And I came back in and we was doing the, the meeting and the guy made a comment like, oh yeah, thanks to everyone that come apart from the people that were sick and not able to make it. I was like, oh, oh, that was sick, yeah. Oh, then- That's an indirect. On top of that, okay. obviously I was still going for my health issues at the time, but I was just going in, getting it done. Mm. And then on top of that, I had, I had gone for an occupational health assessment. Part of the occupational health assessment was mm. that I shouldn't have been standing in the banking hall. Like I should have been sitting down. Mm. He's dishing out the jobs. Oh, Leonie in the banking hall. I'm standing there. Um, I don't want to get t too TMI, but I was obviously having some women's problems. Yeah. 
And I'm standing there and I can feel stuff happening mm. whilst I'm standing up. Mm. I literally broke down. I was hysterical. I went into mm. the, the staff room. I was calling my mum. I was like, mum, I cannot do this. It was taking... I was obviously mm. mentally exhausted, physically exhausted. Mm. And I was like, mum, I can't do this. I mm. can't do this. So, and then obviously I, I got signed off and everything. Um, and then from then I started looking for a new job. And that's when I found the recruitment job. Whilst I was, that's yeah. mad, man. I don't know if that's gonna get me in trouble. If I was looking for a new job, I was off sick. But yeah, it was, no. it was, yeah, it was crazy. Like when I think I was, yeah, he was not very nice. And it was after I was obviously crying. He saw me crying like hysterically. Like I was a mess, honestly a mess. Then he called me up to his office and like, oh, is there anything I can do? Um, maybe we could send you home. And it was like all you had to do was just not treat me any differently and yeah. like listen to the occupational health assessment and not put yeah. me in the banking hall. That's yeah. all you had to do. Yeah. You didn't want to do it and it just made me feel like... Like you, you're ignoring my needs. You're ignoring my needs everything. and I'm feeling like bad. Like I'm not feeling good. That's so mad. I'm yeah, it was... That, no, no, no. It was hor- Like when I think about it now, it was, it was horrible. Like mm-hmm. it was really, really, really horrible. And um, yeah, and then obviously I got signed off sick and I remember the day that I went in to have my notice in and the lady the other lady she was like are you sure you want to do this and I was like yes I'm sure I want to do this because I'm not no mm. I'm not here for it mm. I'm not here for it it mm. wasn't nice um but yeah so that's when I started looking for a new job and then I was thought to myself okay I want to still want to work with people but I don't want to work in retail because I had mm. enough of retail retail banking is kind of the same thing so I was like what can I do? And then I started researching jobs and it was like, oh, recruitment. Never thought about that. And I mm. thought, oh, okay, maybe I want to get into HR because I'm a people's person. Mm. Like in my mind, okay, that can be like a route into HR. Mm. And then I remember I got my first recruitment job and it was like a high volume recruitment job. Um, I learned a lot there. Like I really did learn a lot. Like um, what, what What type of things did you learn? Um, I think I just personally, I went through a lot through that job and I, I don't think I ever like, appreciated the boss that I had at the time and he mm. really like let me go through things but yeah I went through a lot of personal stuff and personal growth um at that time um and I just yeah I, I feel like I learned how to juggle many things I feel like I learned how to just like work really hard because it was high volume it's like to mm. the point we we're doing like 100 placements a month and, and stuff like that like it was wow high 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 volume because it was like um what do you call it Sorry, my contract. Mom. No, it was perm, but it was um, for like high street shops. Right. So I it see. was constant, like constant, yeah. constant, constant. Um, but yeah, it was good. Like I did some events there. Like I went to like a college and did like a stall and stuff. Like that. So I did a lot of different things. Um, but I think I put a lot of pressure on myself because after I went through the stuff that I went through, mm. I just thought to myself. Maybe I need to go because I felt like I'd tarnished my name there. If that makes sense. What even, in your previous role? Yeah, even though the first, um, the first recruitment role, even though I shouldn't have felt like that because of the stuff that I was going through, I just felt like, oh, they're probably like I was overthinking. They probably think like I'm a joke and I'm just taking the mic. Blah, blah, blah. Why? Because I, I don't know. And I was just going. I was going through a lot. Like there was heavy stuff happening. So it was just, um, it. My mind wasn't in the right space, and I was just thinking like everything is my fault. Like. They don't rate me, like, I'm not doing a good job. It got to that point. So I was just like, let me just find something else. So I got out of recruitment and I went into doing compliance for TFL. It was different. Very, very, very different. I think mm. that job, I had the best team of my, like, of my all of my career. 
Mm, that job wow. I had the best team. I don't know. I think it's because we were going like the job itself. We were literally walking around checking taxis. Yeah, it was so different to what I thought it was going to mm. be. But it was fun. Like we were like a little family. It was everyone was supporting each other. It's still to this day the best team that I've ever had, and I will never forget the manager that I had. It was the best manager that I've. I've sorry Daphne yeah. <laughs> got, got kicked off the scoreboard <laughs> but Daphne was I think she was for different reasons but like in like when I'm talking about like a a working environment Daphne mm. was more like she kind of felt like a family if that mm. makes sense but but my um, boss Teddy obviously Teddy I love Teddy he was because he was just good he was like good with people he was empathetic anything you needed to talk to him about mm. he was there mm. he listened to you he made you feel heard no matter mm. who you were mm. like and he kind of kept us all together. So yeah, that was good. I did that for a few years and then walking around the streets just got too much for me. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a random job. It was random. When I thought when I applied for the mm. job, I thought it was gonna be like maybe sitting in an office checking people are doing like the right things and have the right like um licenses and stuff like that. But it was mad. It was like going around checking the taxis and then it was also going to like people that operate. So like going into people's houses, checking they've got the right documents and stuff like that. It oh, was wow. a different job. Yeah, yeah. It was different. Um, and then yeah I was like okay what can I do next I um, don't want to walk around the streets anymore um, and then there was like some politics going on within the team that I was just like yeah I'm not really going to move anywhere I've been here two and a mm. half years I'm not getting promotion I'm not going nowhere um, so I was like okay let me just go back to recruitment but this time let me try like proper agency um, and then yeah I did that I started doing delivery there um, because for me I don't know if it was a confidence thing but I never felt like I wanted to do like 360 I don't know why I don't know because I felt like you had to be a type of person and mm. also when I was interviewing for recruitment jobs I got rejected from a lot of jobs because yeah. people were like you're too nice like you're oh, is yeah it? I got you're too that nice yeah. you're too nice for a recruiter and I was just like that's what wild what does that mean That's that, that is such a what random what does that mean thing, thing to say and it's, especially at the time where I'm thinking but I'm not I'm nice but I'm like I'm strong willed at the same time so kind of there's something I want to ask you that we didn't get to touch on Going back a little bit to when you was at Barclays, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing what you know now and how you are now, what would you advise that Leonie, like that was going through that situation? What advice would you would you give? I would have advised her to stay and advised her to maybe seek support and seek help from from someone else. Like I should have gone to Daphne really and truly. If oh, I was Daphne going, didn't know about it. No, because I was very much like I was young. I was like twenty years old, like mm. 19, 20 years mm. old. Because I think, well, how old was I left there? When I was like 21, 20, I can't remember. But yeah, I was very young. I was just like, you know, when you're in that mentality, like, oh, mm. F this, I'll just go and find something else. Mm. Like, I should have really stayed. And I think to just really push through that mm. and really like, I should have made noise about how the, mm. the way that I was feeling with them rather than mm. just quitting. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, I think that was something that I would have advised myself is to, seek support and just and push keep, through keep, it keep going yeah okay okay that's that's a that's a really good point because i feel like sometimes if we just keep quitting then we don't really they're not learning and we're not really yeah. learning but at the same time it's hard it is hard when you're like it's mentally so exhausted it is hard yeah it's really 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 hard um yeah. but i think that's why the community thing comes is into important. play mm -hmm. because say for instance i had Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> so for instance, I had a community of people mm. that were similar, going through similar experience, going from, from similar backgrounds. I could turn around and say, this is what happened to me. Exactly. And like people can say, oh, a similar thing happened to me. This mm -hmm. is what you should do. Exactly. It probably would have helped me push through, but I didn't have that at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because even um, 
like even today, someone listened to the podcast and messaged me and said to me, uh, um, something similar happened to me at work, which is actually lighter than what I went through. And they managed to get six months pay, like up front and they managed, managed to leave yeah, the company. Yeah, when I was listening to yours, I was yeah. like, oh my. The, 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 suing I could, the thing is at the time, loads of people said to me, you and should And we need to them. chat about who it was because I yeah, think yeah, I yeah. know who Oh, it was. you know, you know, if anyone goes on my LinkedIn, you know exactly who it was. But I remember people were like to me you need to sue them and whatever and I was so emotionally exhausted I didn't want anything to do with them I said I don't even want money I just want them out of my life yeah <laughs> like, toxic yeah toxic yeah yeah but back to so back to you so you went back into recruitment you started doing delivery question how did you find how do you start building relationships with candidates because I've, I realized that when you start working in recruitment especially agency recruitment you have to be everybody's friend. You have to be everyone's <laughs> friend. And the thing is, I think that's why I got into it because I felt like I was quite good at being yeah, yeah, everyone's yeah. friend. Um, but it was just like, it was fast because it was contract. It was like, well, it was your desk, but it was predominantly contract. Mm. So you know what contract's like, it's fast. Yeah. It's like, you're just getting someone in, you're just getting someone in. And it was good. I It was the first time I touched tech as well. So oh, okay. I, I learned a lot there. I do, although obviously some stuff happened, I learned a lot. Um, but yeah, again, it got to the point where I wasn't growing mm. and I wanted to grow. I wanted to do something different. That's the problem with me. I'm just always getting a bit bored and I don't, <laughs> I don't really, I don't really see like, okay, what can I where, do? Where can where I go can from I go? here? What can I do from here? Yeah. Um, so now I was like, okay, let me, cause the first role that I had was like an RPO role. So it was like mm. a specific like contract we had with the client mm. just to recruit for them. Mm. Um, so I was like, okay, maybe I get back into that kind of thing. Mm. And that's when I moved to the other role. That was a previous one to now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, and then a similar story. It was, the favoritism was real. Um, and I was just like, I'm not a favorite, so where am I gonna go? Yeah, that that favoritism in the company can really make or break you, like make you literally or break you. With with that, what advice would you give to anyone out there? Because there's probably a lot of people from color listening right now, mm -hmm. and they're probably thinking, I'm going through that right now, like where I'm not being fa favorited, I'm my, things are not in my favor. Should I just leave the company, look for something else? Like, what should I do? I would say this is the advice that I was someone told me at an event once make yourself invaluable so the work that you do mm. make sure no one else mm. can do it the way that you do it mm. and always have evidence of you doing your work mm -hmm. the way that only you can do mm -hmm. it so then when it comes to um talking to people about you want to move up and things like that mm. you have that evidence there that this is what I'm doing Mm. This is what I want to do. Mm. How can I get there? Mm. Like you have the physical evidence of what you've been doing. Mm. I would say, and always, my bigger thing is always make yourself invaluable. Make sure that no one can do what, what you, you do, do the way that you can do it. Yeah. No one can take that away from yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. They can't. They can't. Well, <laughs> with my experience, <laughs> they did. <laughs> no, but they, they can't because it's still your experience. Yeah, so you can still so go and take that. And say, I've done it. And you've done yeah. it. And you can also take that um, and take it to someone else that appreciates you like you did mm, mm, and grow mm. with that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You can help them. I'm sure that after you left, people can't touch what you did. Yeah, they, they're, they not, gonna, they're yeah. not gonna be able to do what you did yeah. again. That's it. Yeah, they can't. Done. It was done once and then they can't re-execute it. Yeah, and because I actually did yeah, it. This is it. Not that one. Yeah. You know? <laughs> not, <laughs> not, 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 not the other one. I know it. But um it's interesting because also to add on to your point, I feel like it's 
valuable to also have a sponsor in sea level yeah as well it's not I've never had that yeah it's, it's not so not even an official sponsor like a un, unofficial one so someone at sea level that when they're having that meeting about redundancies is rooting for you and saying nope leone you can't touch her role because she brings this 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 or yes let's get leone to do it or yes let's get you need someone at the top because i think i haven't spoken about this but when i moved from hidden to engine it was because of Teo, my head of HR. Teo is amazing. I love her so much, Teo, and Ete as well. Those two individuals were my unofficial sponsors because if, because really and truly, I on paper I didn't have the solid experience to do the role that they brought me in for. But it's because they believed in me and they coached me whilst I was in the I role. Love that. Yeah, and they like whenever there was a difficult situation, they were like, okay this is how you deal with it. Now go and deal with it. Like, this is how you're going to do it. And we'll be here to back you. You've got yeah, us. Yeah, I love that. The way they coached me was like, it was, it, was, it was invaluable. Like, and they gave me the level of confidence that I have now in my current role to have certain conversations and I know how to approach it. I'm like, oh, Taylor taught me this. Yeah. <laughs> I've got this undercover. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So when you have seat, um, unofficial sponsors or mentors or whatever. That's exactly what I was about to say. Mentor. Yeah. That I'm still looking for it. Like, Same mentor, boy. <laughs> any mentors that want to mentor me? <laughs> yeah. And they don't want to charge me a thousand pounds. <laughs> I know, isn't it? When my mentor child, I think you don't care about me. You don't really care about <laughs> us. <laughs> Any any amazing black people want to mentor me? Shout me. Um, but I think, yeah, mentorship is key yeah, as well. Yeah. Especially if you can find a mentor that's been there, done that. Exactly. And has, has rode that way, yeah, has yeah. gone through the challenges and has got to where they are now. That's the shout. I think that's, that is key. So just in case your future mentor <laughs> is listening, what are you looking for in a mentor? What would be a perfect mentor for you? I think first things first, I need to really figure out in my mind which direction I want to go. I think that's the mm. first thing. And then I need to find that person that is where I want to be. Mm. And then they can coach me into, right, okay, this is the skills and things that you have got. And this is where you're lacking. Mm. This is what I would advise to fill in to get there. Mm. Do you get what I mean? So not even like, it's kind of not telling me what to do, but kind of from their experience looking looking at my skill set and just looking at the gaps and saying like kind of like a recruiter mm. in some sense but also giving their kind of their piece of their experience as well like okay mm. so when you're doing this you might come come across this mm. but this is how you overcome it mm. or this is how I overcome it mm. or for instance even like I had a mentor one time in one of my old jobs but yeah um and it was like even she was like telling me okay this is the books the kind of books mm, you could mm, read mm. but she was like a like a white lady no offense to her she mm. was a great mentor she was great but i just feel like i need someone yeah. that can relate to me and can relate to the things that that i'm gonna go through that this other woman mm. is not even gonna mm. she's not even gonna see it. it's not yeah. even gonna, she's not gonna pay no mind to it yeah. um so i think that, yeah yeah no having a like well you said so basically let's just paint it out you're looking for obviously a black woman yes someone that is where where do you want to be because i'm trying to figure it out <laughs> I, i'm still trying to figure it out and i've always been that type of person where it's like okay what do you want to do mm, i don't know i want to do this and i want to do this and i want to do this and i want to do this i want to do so many things like my mind is constantly like i want to do this and i want to do this and it's like sometimes i have to catch myself and be like right so slow Focus, down yeah. one thing at a time but I, I still don't know. There's so many things okay. that I want to accomplish. I think my biggest thing for me is mm. I just want to get fulfillment out of what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to 
help people. Like that's mm, a big thing mm. for me is I really, 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 really want to help people. No matter okay. what I'm doing, I really want to help people. Well, let, let's do a quick exercise. Mm-hmm. How do you want to help people? Um, I want them to be able to, me to be able to help them have access to something that they wouldn't have been able to have access to if it wasn't for me. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like I want to be able to open doors, doors for them regardless of what it is. Like, you know, okay. I was talking about the hair thing. That's for me, that's more of a thing of, it frustrates me as someone mm. with like, um, like curly hair. Like, why is it that if I had straight hair, I could go into Tesco yeah. and buy herbal essences and it worked for yeah. my hair? Like, why is it me that I have to go onto the internet, I have to research something, I have to watch reviews, I have to yeah. get some samples, I have to try all this. Why do I have to do that just yeah. because I have a different texture hair? Mm. Why is that fair? And then to add on it, and it's also for like the hair thing as well, it's like going off key, but mm. like looking at my niece and my nephew, I'm like, they're going to have even a, they're going to have even harder mm, problem. Time, yeah. They're going to even have a harder time. Even now as little children, they're only three and yeah. nearly two. Even now we have an issue trying to find things for their hair. Mm. I'm like, why is, why, why, why? Yeah. So that's something that I would like to help people with. Also recruitment. This is the thing with recruitment. It was more around you're helping someone change their life. Mm. Like finding a new job. I think as recruiters, sometimes we forget that that is a life changing experience. Yeah. Like that can go from someone hating their life every single day Mm -hmm. to loving what they do. hundred. It's like, it is life changing. And we are the ones that are helping them do that. Like that's mad. And that's why I I think I mentioned it in my first podcast. That's why I had to come out of agency recruitment because I've, I think... I lost the fact, I lost the the feeling of getting people a job because it's their career. I was trying to just build. Just, yeah, just hit the target. And it's actually life-changing for, for, for people. It's life-changing. And if you put them in the wrong position... It's, it can really reflect, reflect badly on really you. It can really look bad. Yeah. It can really, really, really look bad. And mm. I've had I've had that experience so have before. I. And it's like, mm. you know when you feel like, oh my God, this is so sad. Yeah. Like, and I'm the reason that that happened. Like, I... I've, I've definitely in my career as well, like even recently I've placed people into roles and they're like, Alicia, this company is not diverse. And that's why like with um, Black Create Connect, when companies are going to post on the job board, you have to state what you're currently doing for black employees. If you can't state it, I don't care about your money. You're not, you're not going to be advertised for it. Because there's a lot of businesses now, it's like the buzzword, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's like something that people kind of, businesses kind of have to care about now because the world is so diverse and they have have to care about it yeah but do they really or is it just they say they do yeah it's a a lot a lot of them um are doing it unfortunately as a token there's there's a lot of tokenism going on but i think a lot because a lot of companies approached uh, myself and Bami to do like training and stuff with them and we always consult and say why what's the reason give us some give us a deeper dive into it and it then gives them space to mm. think about it and come back with an answer. Yeah. Like a lot of them don't have answers straight away, but at least we have to have those conversations so they can think about it. Yeah. As to why it's important. Um, forgot what I was saying now. So, so I feel like you're on track. I don't know. I feel like I'm like, it's also as a woman, I don't know if this, I need to say this and I need to discuss this. I feel like also in my mind, I also I'm battling, I want to have children right mm. so i'm then battling in my mind okay if i want to have children mm. what does that mean for my career 
I think there's so much more flexibility nowadays with companies. I don't know. There I don't is. know. You can work like three, four days a week. You can work from home. Childcare's expensive. Clothes okay. are expensive. It is. Food is expensive. I want my children to have a really good life. I want them yeah, to be able to yeah. go on holidays. Holidays are expensive. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like all of these things are expensive and it's not easy. But also remember, how, how old are you? 28. Remember, I think women are having kids much later in life versus they are like before. It's also because like obviously maybe you can chat something out, but we're yeah. just chatting. Um, I have issues with like right, like right. have fertility issues. Right. So it's like the older that I get, the harder, the it gets. harder it's right. gonna be. So I'm just right. like battling with that in my head. Like, what do I do here? Are you talking about fr- I'm freezing your eggs? Yes. Again, it's very expensive. Yeah, it is. It is a lot of money. And I understand, I, I completely understand your concerns because that's a whole other issue as well. Like women, being a black woman in the workplace and then wanting to thrive, but also thinking about having a family as well. There is a lot like to, to consider. Yeah, it, this, is, this is where I'm at. Like it's, it's, very, it's very hard. And I hope because even like I was reading an article the other day, Spain mm. is the first Western country to give ladies um, three days off for their period. I'm like, so we're moving we in the that. right direction. Yeah, we, yeah, we we're need moving that. in the right direction. Because sometimes period be making me hormonal. And the you pain. Can, it's, it's, thing is, pain's one thing, but sometimes I'll just cry. Yes. If you don't reply back to my email <laughs> within oh, two oh, hours. Thinking, oh my God, I'm going to get fired. Yep. <laughs> I literally, and then I see you on Slack sending a message. I think, oh, they hate me. Yeah. <laughs> they hate me and you've just racially attacked me <laughs> because you didn't respond to my email. And it's because I'm on my period and I go crazy when I'm on my period. So yeah, no. <laughs> keep your time off. So yeah, we're moving forward. But yeah, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we shall see. Okay, cool. So just before we wrap, we wrap up, what are some gems or some big life career learning lessons that you just want to share with your peers, your, you know, even allies that want to learn from us, like anything? Um, I think the biggest thing for me is always listen to people, especially mm. people that are at management level Always listen, even if you think, obviously sometimes people say things, you think, uh, always listen. Mm. And always, my biggest thing is do what you say you're going to do. Yes. Do what you say you're going to do. Because there's always people that they, Mm. you go and report a problem or you say you're feeling this type of way. Oh yes, I'll try and do this or we'll do this or we'll do that. Do it. Yeah. Don't just say it, do it. Do what you say you're going to do. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, Well, thank you. Like, it's been... Long overdue, but know, I'm, I've know. loved having you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Leonie is vibes from vibes. And this is just the beginning, guys, because you don't... I'm so excited, especially summer. for you, for everything that you've got coming. You're doing amazing work, honestly. Oh, honestly. thank you, babe. Thank you, babe. Do you know what? It's for the community. Like, hopefully we just grow stronger together. You will. Like, we are going to elevate even more. I'm, 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 I'm still trying to figure it out on the way. I'm not going to lie. I am trying to figure Everyone it out on the is. way. Yeah. Like, I'll be open about that. Like, I haven't got it all figured out. Everyone's doing it. We're just going with the flow. At least you're doing it. That's yeah. it. Like, I just want you know, let me just do it and see how it goes and how it flows. And It's going to be know. inspiring. It's going to yeah. be big. And I'm excited. Yay. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you so much thank for listening. You. And I will see you on the next episode of the podcast.